And welcome everybody to the Pod's Honest Truth with David Brody. Hope you are well. Uh, boy, I tell you what, we're turning the corner into September and here come the presidential election of 2020. I mean, talk about 2020 has been crazy, has it not? The only thing we're missing, I believe, is locusts uh, in 2020. We've had, what, impeachment? you got to remember, I mean, right now impeachment feels like a slow news day, quite frankly. Uh, it, it, we had impeachment in 2020 at the beginning. Uh, then we, of course, had the pandemic. We have riots in the street. Uh, we've got, uh, obviously racial justice and the black lives matter. And, uh, oh, that's right. Let's throw in an election. Uh, it wasn't surprising by the way, when Donald Trump had his convention, uh, the other weekend, I call it his convention. Cause let's be honest, it was his convention. Uh, it, it was not lost on me that it happened while there was a hurricane going on at the time, hurricane Laura, uh, because uh, Donald Trump came in like a hurricane. Uh, who, who's saying that? Was it Hart? I don't know. I'll have to look it up. I'll have to Google it. But uh, indeed, the fact that there was a hurricane going on at the same time Trump was speaking, not necessarily, uh, it made it made perfect sense is all I have to say. All right. Look, on the podcast today, Governor Christy Nome of South Carolina, she, I'm not going to call her Sarah Palin, but she has a renegade streak to her. I've known her for almost 10 years now. I had a chance to talk to her. Look, she has taken the view on the COVID-19 situation as I'm not going to shut down my state. You're going to get the virus most likely. We're not worried about cases in the state. What she says is they're worried about hospitalizations, people that are actually getting sick and have to go to the hospital. That's her barometer. That's her measurement as to how she has has been dealing with it in South Dakota and a lot of great success there in the state. Of course, there's been some criticism too, and we'll get into all of that on the Pod's Honest Truth. Hey, don't forget, download uh, the Pod's Honest Truth, our podcast here on justthenews.com or Apple, iTunes, iHeart, Stitcher, uh, I don't know, eHarmony. No, you can't You can't download it at eHarmony. What am I talking about? I'm dating myself. That's like a dating app. I'm married. What, what am I talking about? Anyhow, don't go to eHarmony. Uh, also, John Solomon Reports is also there on justthenews.com, Cheryl Atkinson, and uh, Scott Rasmussen, number of the day, his podcast too. All right, when we come back, the renegade governor from South Dakota, Christy Nome, here on the Pod's Honest Truth. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. And welcome back, everybody, to the Pod's Honest Truth with David Brody. Time now for our interview with the governor of South Dakota, Christy Nome. Known her for close to 10 years or so, about seven or eight years. I think it was about eight years ago. I was actually at her ranch in South Dakota doing a profile for the 700 Club on her. And uh, before the uh, interview got going, um, it was early. We got over there around 7.38 in the morning. Uh, and, uh, oh, by the way, guess what? She cooked us breakfast. Hello. She makes a mean pancake. I'm just saying. So put that on on the record, if you will. Uh, but I had a chance to talk to her about a week or so ago in D.C. This was the... Uh, I, I spoke to her specifically before she spoke at the Republican National Convention, so this would have been last Wednesday, uh, and she'll, she'll talk a little bit about what she was going to speak about that night, but beyond that, we get into COVID-19, we get into the science of all of this. She has been a big critic of Fauci and some of these other scientists, uh, basically saying, look, the, the modeling was wrong. I mean, the modeling in South Dakota, she's going to explain 
had cases, I think at 10,000 or more, uh, or hospitalizations, excuse me, at 10,000 or more. And it's been like 50, 53, something like that. Anyhow, she's going to explain it all. And she'll also talk about uh, why she believes uh, that this culture is under attack from a cancel culture perspective and from a Judeo-Christian perspective. Here's uh, Governor Kristi Noem from South Dakota on The Pod's Honest Truth. Governor Kristi Noem, thank you so much for joining me. Really appreciate it. Good to see you again, by the way. Oh, it's wonderful to be with you. Well, let me uh, start with this. Uh, give us a preview of the speech. I mean, my understanding is you're going to discuss the founding principles of America. And I, I know, by the way, your dad, who, of course, you lost uh, 30 years ago at a young age, would be very, very proud of this moment. Well, I would hope so. Uh, you know, tonight in the theme for the Republican National Convention today is Land of Heroes. So I'm going to talk about some of our founding fathers, uh, that they were heroes in their time, but that also we have a hero today that, that, and that's the American people. So it'll be a short speech, but it'll be focused on really what can unify us as a country and remind us of why uh, living in America is so special and it needs to be preserved. Mm. I wanna ask you a little bit about those traditional biblical principles we hear about. Uh, they're under assault, we know this. Uh, seven years ago when I was out on the ranch, I like uh, my accent there, uh, you said this to me uh, in our interview. You said the way God is going to fix this country is maybe by changing people's hearts and getting them more geared mm -hmm. toward him. What are you seeing in, the, in our culture today, Governor? Well, there's, there's consequences for how we talk to each other. Mm. And I think we're seeing that every day uh, in Portland, Seattle, here in DC, in the violence that's happening. We've dehumanized people over the years. And we frankly live in a country that is addicted to being offended. Um, and I had a pastor years ago that said, about offense, that people are gonna throw them out all the time, but you're the one who decides if you wanna go pick it up and carry it around with you, and then you're the one with the burden. Uh, but what I've found in our culture today is people love being offended, and that that is um, reaping havoc on our culture and our way of life uh, in people's hearts. Mm -hmm. So I am hopeful that, that while we are seeing some challenges, while we're seeing things happening in America that break our hearts every day, that God will find a way to reveal a healing process that really will bring us together and help us make more progress towards loving each other and seeking after God again than we've seen in decades. You know, the cancel culture, as you mentioned, I mean, it's out of control. The far left, uh, even out in your state, wants to remove, what, George Washington and Thomas Jefferson on Mount Rushmore? I mean, what is your message to the far left about all of this? Well, David, I don't know if you've heard what we're doing, but I am actually in the middle of a fundraising campaign. Uh, while the rest of the country is tearing down monuments, we are going to put four monuments, statues on our Capitol dome of the four men that are on Mount Rushmore of, uh, to recognize that these were incredible leaders for our country, the flawed individuals for sure, but they met the challenges and led and, and based their decisions on God's word and direction, and we are going to, in South Dakota, while the rest of the country is tearing down monuments, we're going to be putting them up. Mm. And I am asking people to help support us in doing that uh, by, by donating to, to help get those four statues in place on our Capitol dome uh, on the exterior side. You know, it kind of goes to your persona, which is, look, no nonsense, uh, let's get straight to it. You're, you're a straight talker, and you know, the president also a straight talker. You know, last night the media, went crazy. Uh, they were saying the president was politicizing a pardon and the naturalization ceremony since he did it at the convention. What, what, was, what was your reaction to that? Those are things that the president does every day. 
and they should know exactly what the job of president entails, who he pardons, uh, that there are people that can come to this country legally every day and go through the process and how special uh, that is and what a big part of our history it has been. So mm -hmm. what I loved about all those ceremonies was that it showed uh, certain aspects of America uh, that built us into what we are today. So mm -hmm. there will be negativity, there will be attacks. Uh, we know that that comes uh, from uh, the left-wing media and that they do a grave disservice to the public each and every day when they do not just be transparent, tell the truth, and both sides of the story on every single issue. So yeah. I don't think that any of the negative press will discourage the president. He seems very determined to do his job, and frankly, the policies he puts in place, how he defends life, how he defends our Second Amendment, how he has made progress on building our religious liberties, that's what we should be talking about because those are real results that we get to live under each and every day. Yeah, uh, before I get to COVID-19, I would wanna ask you about, you know, mm -hmm. President Trump, obviously not everyone's cup of tea, but what has your experience mm -hmm. been like? Any, any interesting interactions? <laughs> well, I've, yeah, I've spent a lot of time with the president uh, and it's been uh, incredible. He's extremely gracious and thoughtful. Uh, he's always asking what he can do to help. I, I tell people all the time, the fireworks at Mount Rushmore was a small thing I asked him for that was very difficult to do, and he never quit. For a year and a half, he kept working with us to do something like that. So not only did he do tax reform, which was a passion for me, uh, trade deals for our agricultural farmers, uh, that he did things that other presidents hadn't done, mm -hmm. like moving the embassy back to Jerusalem. Those types of things are incredibly important. He will even care about the little things like bringing fireworks back to Mount Rushmore, which I think was an incredibly unifying evening mm -hmm. uh, for the entire country. Let me uh, turn to COVID-19. Uh, you, you didn't shut mm -hmm. down the state. Uh, many other governors have. You've been a vocal critic of some of these lockdown measures. What's your view? Uh, regarding the balance between government intervention regarding public safety and constitutional rights? Well, when we heard this virus was coming, uh, I certainly consulted with my health officials. I brought in my epidemiologist, my Department of Health secretary with my big healthcare systems and their experts. But I also consulted with my constitutional lawyers. I also brought in my general counsel. I asked them what my authorities were as governor uh, what I had the authority to do and not to do, and then I based my decisions on that. I know that when you have a leader over a step, their authority in a time of crisis, that's really when you lose this country. And I didn't wanna be guilty of doing that. Mm. Uh, so I never issued a shelter in place. I never closed a business. I didn't even define an essential business, what would be essential and what wouldn't be, because I don't have the authority to do that. And the interesting thing is, David, is that I, I talked with governors on conference calls all over this country about that, and they had some of the same information that I had, yet made completely different decisions. Uh, mm -hmm. I was very um, honest with the people of South Dakota. I said, I'm gonna give you all the information that I have on how we can slow down the spread of this virus. I'm gonna be truthful with you, and I'm gonna trust you. I'm gonna give you the flexibility that you need to protect your family's health, but also to keep a roof over your head and food on the table. Yeah. And they in turn trusted me and we've done better than virtually any other state in the nation. So that's interesting you mentioned that about uh, other governors had that same information. Uh, is there mm -hmm. a suggestion in there, an implication that, uh, and you're not gonna speak for those other governors, but that this mm -hmm. might've been political to a degree in some other of these uh, Democrat run states? Oh, definitely uh, it is today. 
At the beginning of this crisis, back in March and April, I don't think it was really politically motivated because these same Democrat governors that are on TV mm -hmm. tearing apart the president today, months ago were singing his praises. I sat on conference calls where they were thanking him for all he was doing to help them to respond to their people. What I am saying, though, is that what I heard on those conference calls was fear. Um, I was mm -hmm. shocked and amazed by how fear controlled people and how emotional that they were. Um, and to me, it indicated that in this country, we've lost faith uh, and the steadfast promise of God's faithfulness in our life every day has real consequences. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't, uh, if you don't have that in your life, then your emotions and fear can control you and, and make you not have the discernment and the wisdom that you need in a time of crisis. Governor, I want to ask you about these big outdoor gatherings in the state. I mean, you've heard some of the criticism, the Sturgis, uh, South Dakota motorcycle rally, hundreds of thousands attending, many of them without masks. So, so the question then is why proceed? What's the view there? Well, the Sturgis motorcycle rally uh, was something that's been happening in South Dakota for decades. And uh, bikers were going to come regardless on if we facilitated it or not. And it was all based on personal responsibility. Mm -hmm. uh, those bikers that didn't want to come, that were worried about their health, uh, we told them to stay home. If they were a part of the vulnerable population or had health conditions that could make them very sick if they caught the virus, we told them they should stay home as well. But also told people that if they wanted to come, South Dakota would welcome them. Yeah. We had already had the July 3rd event with no uh, increase in positive cases of the virus. We had already had the first professional sporting event in the state of South Dakota that had spectators in attendance. So we had facilitated these types of events already and done so safely. Uh, we have never in South Dakota focused on how many positive cases of COVID-19 that we have. What we do is we focus on how many that we have in the hospital, mm. because that is how we take care of people. So every day when I talk to people, I say, we're gonna have people catch this virus. They will. We, the science of the virus says we can't stop it. We're not concerned on that. What we are concerned about is, can we take care of those people that should need elevated levels of care? And right now, today, I have 53 people in the hospital. Uh, the experts, Dr. Fauci, uh, the modeling all told me I would have up to 10,000 people in the hospital on our peak day. Uh, today, we have 53. So we have incredible capacity. The modeling was not factual or anything we could depend on. Our personal responsibility approach yeah. has uh, put us in a very good position and our economy is better. Uh, we have the, one of the lowest death losses in the nation. People are working again uh, and we are doing very, very well in South Dakota. I do want to ask you about churches and COVID. Are, do you believe mm -hmm. people of faith are under attack around the country from, there are a lot of over-the-top policies by liberal government officials, what we're seeing in California. I mean, is something nefarious going on here? Absolutely. Hmm. Absolutely it is. Yeah, they are attacking our religious freedoms. And so we need to use every tool that we have to make sure uh, that we still have the ability to practice um, our faith and to gather as we see fit. And we have directly seen in many of these states where they have allowed other gatherings yet restricted those who want to go to church and worship together. Yeah. And so not only should we be bold and outspoken about defending that right, but we should use every tool that we have, whether it's legal challenges, which we've seen some churches take on, uh, but to make sure that it is respected so that we don't lose the ability to do that. You know, uh, on the political nature of this, the president says Democrats are using COVID to try and steal the election. I mean, he's saying basically 
keeping the economy shut in certain states, uh, universal mail-in balloting are, are the tricks of the trade, if you will. What's your, what's your view on that? You know, I, I would hate to speak to exactly what their motivations are, sure. um, but, I, but I do believe uh, that, that that is a big element. And I also believe that uh, these same Democrats that were thanking the president for all of his help and resources just uh, two months ago today to have turned and done a 180 and criticize him the way that they are so publicly um, is a shame. Yeah. And that it is, um, it is, a, is definitely driven by an agenda uh, that we need to clearly lay out and be transparent about what they are doing. So I know they all have the ability to say that they're making these decisions to protect public health, but there is no science that proves that what they're doing works. There is no expert that says these extreme measures that these states are taking and, and that the data behind it, uh, that it is appropriate. So they are taking extremely restrictive actions to impact their people and I'm concerned about what that does long term and especially the effect on the election. You know, your boldness on this issue and what you just said there uh, kind of puts a target on your back to a degree. Not even to, not even to a degree, but for being so outspoken on COVID-19 and other issues. Uh, I know there's apparently like the security fence that's going to be put around the governor's residence. What are your thoughts about uh, some of your boldness and outspokenness and some of the security measures that might have to be put in place because of what some of the stuff you're saying? Well, I mean, I'll be honest with you, the last six months, uh, had, it's been a little bit of a lonely job. Mm. You know, when you're making, when you're making decisions that uh, impact public health and you're making a different decision than virtually everybody else, there's not a lot of people that want to step up and, and give you advice and help you make that decision. So what I realized was literally I could take in all the advice and all the wisdom and people would give me their opinions, but I was the only one who could actually make that decision. And by choosing to take a different path, uh, it was it was hard um, and, and a lonely place to be. Uh, and there is going to be criticism. There is going to be threats. I would say the security fence around the governor's mansion I won't speak to. Yeah. Um, but but I, I don't speak about the security that needs to happen. But it uh, it is something that I believe we are one of the last governor's residences to not have any type of security. And that's a decision that, that my highway patrol and my security team have made uh, without my input. Yeah. So it's you, you and God in a room ultimately at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. It absolutely was. And that's the one thing that people have asked. Uh, what's the one thing that I learned? Um, and it was that he was absolutely faithful. Mm. Um, every day he was faithful. And when it was hard and challenging and I took my eyes uh, off of the situation, he was there um, helping me. So I'm not saying we're out of the woods yet. I'm not saying that I've done things perfectly. Uh, I've had amazing people around me. I've got the best people in the nation in South Dakota that recognized that I was trusting them and they know how to work hard and take care of their families and they appreciated the flexibility that I gave them to do just that. Governor Christy Noem, great to see you again and thank you so much for the time. Thank really you, appreciate too. it. You bet, anytime. You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside, repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. 
You can do this when you Angie that. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center. Thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Christy Nome here on the Pod's Honest Truth. Hey, look, uh, look out for her in 2024. I know there's a lot of talk about Nikki Haley. I'm sure she's going to run for president. Mike Pence is going to be there. Tom Cotton, most likely. Wouldn't be surprised if Christy Nome, if things line up correctly, throws her hat in the ring as well as kind of a Sarah Palin 2.0, but much different than Sarah Palin in terms of uh, lots of different uh, skills that she brings to the table. Uh, but she's got a renegade factor to her. Uh, she's a Mountain West girl. She'd be the first one to say it. Uh, and uh, she has got a lot of toughness to her. So watch out for her in 2024. Wouldn't be surprised if she jumps into the ring. And that could be the Pod's Honest Truth in 2024. Until next time, America. America.